and welcome to Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith, a podcast about the highs and lows of unrequited love and the trouble it can get us in. My guest today is the hilarious stand-up author, columnist and humanist dynamo, Shaparak Kosandi. Hello, Shappy. Hello, how are Hello. you? Hello. I'm all right. Now, Shappy, yeah. you've always struck me as someone who goes out to get what she wants. <laughs> Did you ever love anyone from afar, you know, where they stayed afar God, always. <laughs> always. I didn't l- love anyone from Aeneas um, for far too long. It was, um, I was one of those people that had like intense crushes on people I really couldn't get. Or not, not because they were too good for me, because I physically couldn't speak Oh. In front of people that I liked, it fascinated me when I, when I saw when I went to A level college. I went to Richmond College with your sister. Yes, with my fact. sister. And in fact, I could probably name some some people that you might have had crushes on. Did you have a crush on Paul Thornley? Oh or gosh, David yeah. Colgate. <laughs> Actually, no, neither of those two. Bless, <laughs> they they weren't odd enough for me. <laughs> Um, I would have crushes on on people whose names I didn't know. Like I would see somebody walking across the canteen with, um, you know, curly hair down to their shoulders and pale skin and a thoughtful look on their face and I would decide that they are the one. Yes. And I would love them in the way that I'd I'd loved Ralph Macchio in The Karate Kid (laughs) or um, Sylvester Stallone in First Blood Part 1, not... Rambo. No, they have to make the Rambo. distinction. Yeah. yeah, and that was it. I would just have to see them. And did you did you go out of your way to find out stuff about them? Did you start the sort of stalking thing? Oh, thank God, there was no internet. Oh, thank. Can God. you imagine? Here's a mad thing I did when I was about fourteen. I had this insane crush on this boy. I loved anyone that was seemed a bit off the wall and not mainstream. So. We used to watch Huckleberry Finn in the morning, the Loved adventures it. of Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn, mm-hmm. and I was in love with Huck Finn. And in fact, a whole summer I didn't wear shoes because <laughs> I thought that somehow brought me closer to <laughs> Huck Finn. Did you feel they were going to somehow draw him near her? Near? Uh. Yeah, like like um, I really believed um, the uh, Aha video, Take On Me. <gasps> so you thought that if you, yeah, you might be able if to you be sucked enough, into the television. You'd be sucked into this fantasy where this fictional character would be in love with you. And around that time, a friend of my parents, who was a single mother, had a son who was maybe like a year or two older than me. And he was, I think he was sort of raised, his mum was English, his dad was Iranian, he was raised a bit in Iran, a bit in America, a bit in Amsterdam. And he wasn't, I think he was about 16, so he didn't legally have to be at school or anything. And he just, basically he was a dosser. But I (laughs) Really, really hot. I've always had a thing for unemployed men. Yeah. (laughs) Always. My last serious boyfriend was unemployed. And... I um this is amazing. Just love put that in your point. on your hinge profile. <laughs> you must be unemployed. Actually, I'm on Tinder and I I have said must be employed because my therapist says I need to change my yeah, catchment. Probably got a point. Yes. So when this boy, I don't want to say his name because I still know him. Oh, no, sorry. Fair it. enough. Let's just call him Reza, which is his real name. <laughs> so he came to stay with his mum and I somehow wangled it at the age of 14 to move in with them for a while. What? I know. I just, 
I don't know what happened. I I just was was we having were just a... hanging around there enough that they said I was hanging around, and his mum was one of those mums that was really good with teenagers that were having a bit of a tough time with their own parents because I was at an age where I'd started liking people, and my mum was very very gently explained to me these feelings you have for the boys. These feelings are for whores. <laughs> It was really hard to get any kind of freedom. I was feelings. Any feelings feelings. of (laughs) all when you have these feelings. Sometimes it helps to go to the toilet, (laughs) release them. And my mum is so different now. Like she's so um, open and you know uh, open-minded. You know the fact that I've been out with girls and everything. She's all like, she's not the same woman as when I was (laughs) fourteen. She wouldn't let me stay at my friend's, uh, my friend Lisa's house um, because she based all her understanding at the time of the British culture on um, EastEnders. That's and dangerous. So yeah. she thought if I stay at Lisa's, I'll get pregnant by, you know, a member Some of her family. Some old taxi driver. Yeah, yeah, and I'd work on a market stall. And, and Lisa wanted to be a nun, so she couldn't have misjudged my friend's sort of um, values <laughs> more. So anyway, uh, it was quite tough with my mum. So I, um, it was decided that I would go and stay with Anna for a while, but re- the real reason was that her her boy who um, lived in Brighton would come and visit his mum, and I just lived at, at her house in the hope that he would come visit and fall in love with me. And how did that pan out? He never fell in love with me. Did he come and visit? He did visit, and we got and on. How did he? He did. I think you. he thought I was a bit of a kid, and then he moved. They moved to Amsterdam. So when I was eighteen. I met this woman called Lida, who is still one of my dear friends. So Lida, Lida was 24 when I was 18. So she was like my cool, beautiful mm. older friend, which she still is. And we went to Amsterdam to stay with them. And Reza went out and bought... I, I was like, oh, let's buy weed. Like, I was trying to impress him. He wasn't impressed. And he bought his weed and I smoked it. And I went, I went the colour of freshly fallen snow. And I was sick all night long or to to this day I can't touch weed Um, I've done that so many times I mean not necessarily with with weed but sort of thinking that if I just get off my face something will happen love will happen yeah (laughs) you know and because it's weird isn't it because it doesn't even in my case it didn't give me the confidence to approach people it just sort of sank me into an abyss I think that there was um a falsehood that we were sold and one of that is men are only after one thing. Mm-hmm. And actually, men aren't only after one thing. But that's how we, I know that's how I treated them. That's how I thought. I saw men as two-dimensional. And I didn't have the confidence to engage with them meaningfully. Yeah. I it, I mean, I wouldn't say that because I did always have male friends. But I think that the the pain that I used to feel at the idea that they didn't want to have sex with me mm. or kiss me or whatever because that is I because I'd been taught no that's all they want yeah. that's all they want and so when they didn't want it with me that was like oh my god I am defective I am fully defective it's so um it's it's so insane when I think back on it that in let you know it was expected of you to be fancied by everybody oh, god. and like my children life and when they were tiny 
um, I, we've talked about not being someone's cup of tea. And that's how we talk about it. Sometimes you're not someone's cup of tea and they're not your cup of tea. And if you're not someone's cup of tea, then they owe you nothing to make yeah. you feel better about that. And we, we didn't have that. It's like, <laughs> this man that I don't even like doesn't fancy me. I must be a troll. Yeah. I must have bogeys coming out my eyeballs. I must be revolting. It's And it's insane, isn't it? Especially because we know that they we have friends who are amazing and beautiful and perfect and on paper perfect who we don't fancy so we should we should understand that you don't necessarily you know it's it's quite weird chemistry Mm. you know it isn't necessarily the people who are on papers all those things that you sort of tick off go must have must be unemployed uh, (laughs) yes pale you know all of those things that doesn't necessarily work so but you're right when it comes to us and particularly because we're taught that men and also that men will sleep with anyone yeah. and sort of fancy everyone. Oh, believe me, they don't. <laughs> I know, Shaggy, <laughs> don't, don't need to tell me. I do believe You it. can lock them in a room at a party when you're 18 and oh. say, you're not leaving till you kiss me. And they can go, what you're doing is wrong, Shappy. Get out of the way. I mean, that can happen. In all seriousness, have you ever done that? Yes. Not, <laughs> God, please tell me. Oh, God, I was at a party um, in my A-level times. And I really fancied the technician. <laughs> Your taste, mate. Oh, my God. And we were at a party. I was like, you can't come out until you kiss me. And then he went, I am leaving and I'm not going to kiss you. And he sort of just left. Imagine doing that now. I mean, that's quite an abusive move on my Oh, God, part. yeah, it's bad. If that was the do. other way around, my God, can yes. you imagine? Really horrible. So but I, you did I let him go. Yeah, I didn't really credit. understand it. And... And I didn't understand One Night Stands. I'm doing a show about this. I'm doing a show about the 90s. I didn't understand that One Night Stands were called that for a reason. I thought One Night Stands meant that the guy really liked you, wanted to get to know you the next day. And I would wake up the next morning after a party and wait for this guy that I'd met the night before to wake up. And then I'd suggest a picnic. (laughs) I'd be at some bloke's Oh, my house. God, that's such a bold move. And then their bathrooms would always have women's stuff in it, so you knew they had a girlfriend oh, no. and they cheated on her. And it was always someone in Dalston. I was always waking up in Dalston in the 90s. At some and Dalston is just long, a long way from everywhere, I isn't it? I still don't know where it is. Places. I don't yeah. know where it is. Yeah, just finding out what bus routes to get home and, and, and being sad, thinking... How could I have been so intimate with him and him not want to know about the time I met the Crankies? I just didn't get it. I just had crushes on really inappropriate people. And it was always one thing they did or one thing they said. Like, there's this guy I had a massive crush on that I thought was really, really cool. And in his bedroom, he'd he'd nicked, like, this isn't a cool thing. Stealing is wrong and vandalism is wrong. But he had nicked the um, poster of the... um, Piccadilly line. He he peeled it off and put it on his wall. So me and my friend, the one that wanted to be a nun, we went out one morning at 6am and I nicked so much stuff from a tube train. Terrible admission. I was wow. very young. I was 14. I, I mean, I'm more thinking about her and she should have gone to confession just you I think know, she on your behalf. Does. She's yeah. a devout Catholic. <laughs> like, I rarely see her. She's always in mass. I remember I used to ask her to come. She, one Saturday night, I said, can you come out? She goes, no, we've got um, Eucharist. And I was so, like, outraged that she hadn't invited me. 
I thought you, Chris, was a club night because that was the sort of name that <laughs> yeah, 90s clubs Yeah, have. absolutely. No, there is mass in Brixton, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, Eucreous, yeah. um, <laughs> gregarious, all that. So anyway, so we went out and also I wrote to the London Transport Museum and I said, hello, I, I collect memorabilia from the tube and they sent me loads of free stuff. Wow. And I made my bedroom into a tube station. <gasps> For and him, then, yeah, and then did he, he ever see it? Yeah, he did see it. Oh, he, that's good. He you went into oh, the bedroom. Right. Yeah, he didn't make. He didn't put two and two together. He no. didn't go. I've got one thing on the tube on my wall. Her whole room is a tube train. We must marry. <laughs> that's such. That's such a perfect example of how crushes can go wrong. Like you've taken one one tiny piece of him yeah. because he probably had no interest in that you know no. he's just a vandal probably yeah. um you know that was gone or whatever and you sort of said no look look i'm your perfect woman yeah. i i and love then, these things you know when someone does it the other way around oh it's, you. yes you're so right creepy. exactly you just look at it like that is that scene in alan partridge yes you know and you sort of think oh i mean in fact a, a boy that i didn't my first love who i obviously didn't even go out with um I stupidly showed his friend that I had written down every single time I'd ever met him in my diary, like, you know, the the date, whatever. And that's sort of sweet, Mm -hmm. but not really shappy, is it? Because if somebody did that about you, because we were good friends as well, we saw each other all the time. (laughs) You sort of think, oh, God, no, this isn't, this is completely unbalanced. It is. That's like someone really liking you after they've seen you on stage you do, you yes. yourself know it's not real yeah and they're not being real and they've put you on a pedestal and you cannot like someone who's put you on a pedestal yeah it's not where you want to be oh god it took me so long to learn that <laughs> there's a guy there's a guy i had a massive crush on all my life god. still now yes <clears throat> Is it a cranky? No, it's not one of the crankies, but a comic that I used to literally not be able to speak around because I hero-worshipped him. Absolutely carried this crack. If I saw him, I would do that. And whatever, wherever I saw his name anywhere, I would... And I'm going on a date with him on Monday. Are you serious? Yeah, I am. Although oh there's a bit God. of history. We actually did get together for a bit and then it didn't work because my crush was too big because he was never going to live up to my crush no 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 i don't and i don't know who that's worse for actually yeah so, so has it calmed down it has Do you calmed down think he's a human so now? yes so when i first went out with him my crush was so enormous and i couldn't believe that finally i got to to an age and a level of maturity and confidence to be able to speak to him without dribbling and we were hanging out together and and that's all we did, one Edinburgh. We hung out together, like, all the time. And, it, and nothing happened, nothing was said. And the very, very end of Edinburgh, he went, we're in, we're in a pickle, aren't we? I was like, oh, oh, my God, he said. So we started seeing each other, but I was overwhelmed. <clears throat> I was overwhelmed. And uh, so now we're going to try again. That's amazing. So does he know the extent of your crush? I mean, I'm assuming that you didn't steal things... And decorate From your flat with them. Um, I keep bits like, of skin in a what's your, Yeah, what's your bedroom like at the moment? Like, if you bring him in, is um, it going to be mosaic well, of his the, face? No, it's not. Because actually, when I went out with him, he wasn't like the person that... I'm desperate to know who this is, by well, the way. Well, I'll tell you off air. Okay. I'll tell you off air. But I, I did, he wasn't like how he was 
at parties, yeah. and you know, he was very, very different. And I, I was, I was a bit, oh, you're you're a person, <laughs> you're normal. I thought like you take me by the hand and run off into the horizon with me, but no, you sit in a travel lodge and picking your nose <laughs> like all comics <laughs> like all comics <laughs> so um so that that was and I, and I want to make this work because uh, <laughs> i'd love that this has become a sort of workshop now i know because of dealing with post crush so... relationships but even now like if i cuz i know him so well now as a friend but still if i see him on stage or on the radio or something <gasps> the crush like i, I oh. the crush comes back like Yes, no, that's perfect though. Yeah. I think as long as it's that, yeah, it's fine, isn't it? As long as you're not doing the adrenaline thing when, when I'm you're there. with him, yeah. Because I mean, so Gary Newman is married to the head of the Gary Newman fan club. Amazing, right? So presumably, yeah, I don't know what she thinks. I mean, she can't do that now, but pres- presumably, when she listens to his music or sees him in a show, she she can still feel that rush because. We've talked about this before, you know, working in this business we have and, and having, I don't know about you, but I was a complete comedy nerd. So I have gone from worshipping someone to being friends with them, to sort of knowing them. And it is, it's a hard thing to put together, but you do also get used to it. Yeah, you do, as long as it's not a crush like it's still mm. fun. Like I get a little, I, I still get a little bit excited if I get a text message and it's from Johnny Vegas. I can't pretend that's <laughs> completely normal friendships. Like, yeah, I'll leave it on my on my table and let my son see, see, <laughs> see who mummy's friends with the man from Taskmaster, which is where my son knows all the comics from. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It is quite fun and exciting, but but, but a crush is different, though. So, what was your first crush? Can you remember? And was it sexual? God, gosh! I was going <laughs> to say part, there were two parts. I think my lots of people aren't. You know, here's a mad thing. My first crush was probably Steve Austin, the bionic, but the bionic man. <laughs> as a well, kid, that's, uh, yeah, that's not too weird, actually. Yeah, I was like, whoa! And then him and Wonder Woman were on at the same time, and they were like, Wonder Woman was the most beautiful person in the world. Yeah. And I needed to, I don't know if it was sexual, but I definitely needed her to hold me mm. as a child. And did that ever happen? No. So you're not going on a date with I did get to Linda hug Alison Moyet or... once. Oh, that how was, was that? on a par with Wonder Woman. How long did it last? A long time. <laughs> long... How, how was she about that? Um, uh, you know what, she got it. <laughs> People like Alison Moyet get it when when someone of my generation but like Jennifer Saunders was as well like I met Jennifer Saunders and she knows a young yeah. female yeah. comic meeting her so she went come here and I was like hold me and Alison Moy as well it was at Glastonbury and I was backstage at left field and I'd watch her from the side crying and I and she went to a car and I ran I went, Alison, and she went, Shap, she knew me from Twitter. Shap it, and she just held her arms out and she just held me. That's amazing. It's beautiful. But also, interestingly, I've, I can't remember if I've said this before, but I heard her on the radio talking about how when she met Elvis Costello, she got it completely wrong. And like she worshipped Elvis mm. Costello and she accidentally told him off about how long his set had been that night. And she said, even when she was saying it, she was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And somehow that was that felt like a bigger thing. 
you know, she, she didn't want to say, I love you. She didn't want to say the cliched yeah. thing of, I love you, I love everything about you, yeah. I love all of your work. So was trying to play it cool and just she, got it completely wrong. She panicked. I yeah. think, I think people... If you're a nice person, you make allowances for people messing up like that. Yeah, and if you're super famous, yeah, you must know that sometimes that they, they can't people, all be assholes. Yeah, people aren't being rude; they're feeling awkward, or they're trying to be funny, but they're too overwhelmed, and it comes out as my sister doesn't think you're funny at all, and I can prove her wrong. <laughs> That's what old guy said to me once. And he'd been, later on he went, I've been to ten of your shows in a row, I just came out. I was like, that's all right, but that conversation will never go anywhere. (laughs) Well, well done for being as nice as that. Do you like how I just compared myself to Elvis Costello? (laughs) And Alison Moyer, yeah, Yeah. I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, someone once said uh, to my friend who'd been on a show, Oh, I quite liked your show, but my friend really liked it. <laughs> yeah, I think people just in a moment they just they're not cal- they're not calculating. No, they, they unless just... they've done a lot of preparation, <laughs> they're <laughs> going to get it wrong. I did a show in Edinburgh once, and a a, a, a producer that you and I both know, he's <laughs> a very nice guy, came to my show, and it was in in a year where it was it was doing really well and it was a, he came to a show that was particularly particularly worked well and everyone flooded out and his mate goes talking to me his mate goes oh my god that was so funny it was amazing and this guy goes mm, I prefer shows with a narrative arc <laughs> Like, you, know, you know I'm here. I'm right just, here. I've I've just walked off stage, mate. Save that for the pup. Yeah, I think I know who that is. Um, <laughs> so, so with the Bionic Man, uh. did you want him to get together with Wonder Woman? No, I wanted him to get together with me, but I was too <laughs> little. The one I'm glad that you understood that that was the thing stopping you being together yes. with the Bionic Man. The massive, mass, the two giant crushes I got in my life from people in films was one was the karate kid his whole vibe the bullied kid um that's a bit weedy and isn't shallow and is you know um i loved him and i used to have scenarios where peter satira's i am a man who will fight for your honor like with uh, 2021 ears that's like I am a man who'll fight for your (laughs) honour now you're all right, mate you're all right, mate I haven't (laughs) got any honour all dignity (laughs) (laughs) and then the other one the big one was um, John Rambo's uh, John uh, John Rambo Rambo. first blood part one is his name John? yeah John Rambo I don't know why Johnny 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 Rambo um, before the Rambo films there was a film called first blood and it was much more of a arty film than the Rambo films. And it was much more about him as a character and why he was the way he was. It's a beautiful film. It's a bit of a misunderstanding with a sort of small town cop, thinks he's a vagrant, doesn't know that he's got a Congressional Medal of Honour. And instead of just explaining himself, he goes into full-on post-traumatic stress disorder mode and sort of blows this town up, right? Hot. And, and at the end, he crumbles and he's sobbing. And he's saying, I got no one, I got no one. And and he's talking about Vietnam and talking about all his friends dying and that he's just this big, muscly, sweating, sobbing <laughs> heap, bleeding, crying, no one loves him. And 13, 14-year-old me just 
desperately wanted to put my arms around him. And because I've got ADHD, right? So my ADHD hyperfocus went on him uh, for the entirety of my GCSE years. Yeah, that's not helpful, is so it? So I failed my GCSEs because, because of my of crush on. You should maybe get in touch with him. Sylvester Lone, yeah. some compensation. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how he'd respond. Oh. I mean, that is that does sound different to the most recent Rambo film in which I believe he punches a man's head off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at him thinking he can do that at his age. <laughs> <laughs> Give it up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So instead of revising yeah. for your GCSEs, you were crushing, crushing, cutting pictures out, sending letters. No, it, it was it was full on, um, and I've learned. I have learned. This is a an ADHD um, thing where you get locked in fantasy. So I would just be locked in fantasy in all my classes, in all my lessons. Oh, wow! I'd be having a conversation like you and I having conversation, but actually I'd be locked in fantasy. That happened to me on eight out of ten cats. <laughs> About Rambo? It wasn't about Rambo. I think by this time I'd moved on to Mr. Tumble. Um, so I was at Windsor Safari Park and this, like, teenage lad locked me in my, you know, Ferris wheel. Yeah. And boom, in love with him. I didn't stop thinking about him for a year. Do you know, that's really interesting. When was that? That would have been when I was about 12. OK, so slightly after that mm. a friend of mine developed a crush on a guy who worked at Windsor Safari Park so much that we ended up going there sort of first thing on a Sunday morning we'd be the yeah. only people there like the extent of these crushes that, and it's funny isn't it because it was for her but that was our attempt at a social life <laughs> yeah. sort of watching her try and he was so much older like he clearly had no interest in us oh my god no hang on I think we were about 12 mm. so this probably is around the time it could be the same be guy the same. no but this guy wasn't that much older he was um, probably no more than about 16 but he went he went to me is that alright and that little bit of is that alright care was enough to make me think one day my prince will come da, da, do you think that's bad that we have such low standards or is it just a, a trigger there's something that suddenly we can picture a whole life, this little piece of the jigsaw of someone who's interested in your seatbelt and your safety, and suddenly I think that's your identity. I think it's suddenly um, having hormones kicking <laughs> in. You know what I was talking to someone about, and by someone I mean a therapist. Um, we were raised on cowboy films and Starsky and Hutch where attractive women were frequently being slapped, force-snogged, tied to railway lines mm -hmm. and throttled. Yeah. And that was such a fucked-up thing. Are yeah. we allowed to swear? Yeah. That was such a messed-up thing to let kids watch on a Saturday morning. Yeah, because, yeah, all of our associations... Were by being treated badly. Attractive girls were the ones that were treated badly. So the more attractive you were the more likely it was a guy would target you. Yeah, men want to restrict you. Yeah. It's hot, isn't it? 
And what's weird, I suppose... No, <laughs> I let that I, hang there no, for no. you. <laughs> but I suppose what I mean is, like, I genuinely yeah. don't think it's yeah. hot, but I think that we do start to think, oh, well, that must be hot then. But also, to be fair, you don't have that much control over your sexual, you know, over your fantasies and what might be hot. It doesn't mean that you want it in reality. And also, I think that, um, without getting too much into people's kinks, but... What I'm, what I really look at now with those programs that we watched, they were the alpha men. They were the men that you wanted, like the girls wanted to be. Like James Bond would slap a girl, then bonk her, mm-hmm. um, and then the the lovely geeky guys that sat around talking about music. <laughs> Drinking real ale that would be kind of really nice to you and read you poetry at night. They weren't in the picture. No. And they're the ones that now I'm trying to bonk. My brother is uh, 16 months older than me, right? So... I'd have crushes on all of his friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you got an older brother that brings around older oh, boys. Oh, it's all I wanted. I oh, mean, I, I only had sisters and I just wanted brothers so they'd bring around friends. boys for me to fall in love with. Yeah, and I did. And, and I, named, I named my son Cassius, which also happens to be the name of my brother's um, best mate from school. <gasps> And then, who also happens to be this really charismatic, <laughs> good-looking guy that was in, you know. And then, um, like, I was like, nah, uh, I haven't named him after him. Don't be soft. Of course I haven't. Um, I've named now... him after Cassius Clay. Is that his name? <laughs> <laughs> and then Cassius from school invited us all round to his, his kid's birthday. And there were two other women there from school with kids called <gasps> Oh my God, he's got a hold over all. Ah, uh, you? you know, it is a cool name though. Yeah, it's a cool name. It's not like his name was Nigel, and we called our kids Nigel. <laughs> yeah, that would be weirder. Mm. Um, and did anything ever happen with your brothers? Never allowed. Mates? No, I mean, they they wouldn't have anyway. The the three main ones, but um, as we got older, like beyond school, yeah. my brother would have mates that I fancied. Recently, in fact, he brought a mate to my show that I really fancied. And it's like, shut down, no. Really? No, no. And from your brother? It's, your brother yes. is like, no, not doing it. And it, it makes me so cross. <laughs> it makes me so cross because he's bonked pretty much all of my friends. Oh, no, you see, you need to get out there. It's and really upsetting. Get, get in there and yeah. get some revenge. really annoys me. It's the one thing me and my brother, um, it really irks me yeah. about him. I have a friend who um, who went out with her brother's friend and she got dumped and she didn't know why and she said and he was being really weird and vague about it and it turned out it's because she was too much like her brother like as in they were snogging each other and then suddenly he was like I feel like I'm snogging my my friend and he couldn't cope with it. Get over that. Yeah. That's understandable. (laughs) Yeah. That's understandable. In my 20s, it started to bother me so much that I was never allowed to have used this beautiful crop of friends <laughs> that my brother had. That we went out one night and I had this drop-dead gorgeous mate. In fact, I still have her. saw her <laughs> the other night as well at the same gig that my brother came to. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So I had a drop-dead gorgeous friend and she was all over my brother at this party. And we were all staying at my brother's flat that night. And she came back 
to my brother's flat and he ended up um, camping on the floor with me because I told him. <laughs> what did you tell her? I told my brother that she's got crabs. Oh, my God. The thing about having siblings is that just isn't going to get... I can't believe the age you both are and yet this this is the level of banter between you years later i told them that she didn't is that like, what what i could have what no but it sounds like he deserved it he did he deserve it cop, cop blocking you yeah it yeah. was really i remember once i was leaving the pub with a mate of his and we were grown ups and he came out and he called his mate's name and he went, da da, not my sister. Because oh. he was raised on Scarface and all of that, you know, you're looking at my sister, all of that, machismo. Because it's of. annoying, isn't it? Because you, you can take, once you can take responsibility for yourself to know whether you want, you know, whether you can risk this not going well or, yeah. you know, whatever it's going to be. Yeah, it was all, all a bit um, annoying. I was just so annoyed that he bonked my friends in the same thing. Oh, just oh, every time. Every time, Margaret. So a friend would stay over in my room in the middle of the night. Oh, she's not here. Where is she? In my brother's room. They would creep off. My friends would creep off. Oh, my God. They all found, yeah, they, they, they'd go in there. a lot of action. I know. Uh, yeah. Nothing. I got, no- <laughs> I got nothing. Well, it doesn't sound like you got nothing, but it sounds like you were in a sort of... I'm interested in the mock the week fantasy fug that you got into oh, uh, so who was it you were cats. sorry eight out of ten cats yeah. who were you thinking about during that oh god you, know you don't what? have to name them that but. was prob that would probably have been this comic that i had a, yeah. a crush on yeah and so are you fantasizing you know so you're literally trying to make quips to jimmy carr while yeah. just taking off a man's shirt in your head. Is yeah. that what it is yeah it's really bad i remember <laughs> no not bad i mean impressive isn't it I just you got through it. I, I remember that, um, obviously, the producer had said in Jimmy's ear, could you draw Shappy in, please, because she's sitting there like a spud. <laughs> and he went, so, Shappy, what do you think? And I didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> I didn't know what they were talking I about. I mean, it would be amazing if you did actually just tell them what you were thinking about. Yeah. That I, could... I mean, to be fair, it was... It, that particular show was when I had a, a toddler... And I was going through a divorce. There wasn't any sleep yeah. going on. And, you know, I didn't know I had ADHD, so my brain was just so scattered. But, um, yeah, crushes have always been a, a very... Uh, like, when I went on I'm a Celebrity, the thing that got me through that was a, a crush I had at the time. So every time I closed my eyes, I thought about my oh crush. Oh, my God. Oh, that's so lovely. And mm. I can really, really relate to that. I think um, it's only... Oh only the last 10 years probably that I've stopped going to bed dreaming like as in that's the last thing I think about before bed is some sort of fantasy yeah. about a crush something very romantic yeah yes exactly very harmless there's no sort of how um... long have you been married <laughs> <laughs> I've been with my partner for 20 years let's say <laughs> let's say for the first 10 years I was thinking about him and now, the last 10 years, I'm not thinking about anything because I'm too tired. See, I've never been with anyone for longer than five years. Mm. So I don't know what it's like to be with someone, you know, in the long haul. 
And then still, do you still have crushes? Yes, I do still have crushes. And do you talk about them with your husband? I do, yeah. Not, I mean, he's... I'm lucky enough to be with someone who... I mean, actually, his lack of jealousy is kind of irritating. Mm. Um, and I think he just feels very safe yeah. <laughs> that none of these people are ever going to be interested. No, um, I think, yeah, he, he feels safe and he sort of understands that I am... that it's not a risk. I think he'd feel weirder about it if I wasn't, you know, open about who I fancied. And when I say I, who I fancy... Um, I'm not sort of going, and I'm pursuing them. <laughs> Can you help me write this email to them? You know, it's it's not that. It is like just levels of, of fantasy. He quite often makes me a calendar that um, has people I have crushes on, um, you know, for each for each month. And the first time he ever did this, he did the first 11 months were different people like um, Simon Pegg. I'm naming someone that I'm unlikely to meet. Um, And then December, it's a picture of him. And that's his way of going, (laughs) and now you have to come back. Yeah. Margaret. So do you, when he does these calendars, are your crushes ever people that you know socially? No. Okay. No, you see, that's that's where we, yeah, exactly. That's where, that's where we draw the line. Um, Yes. Although, as you say, it is weird being in comedy and there's kind of, he, I mean, Hugh Laurie, who is my number one of all time. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally with you there. Good. Uh, He, Dan, my husband recently worked with him and they did a Zoom read through um, you know, so Hilary's from his house Amazing. on Zoom and I was just saying I was going to be home. So I just spent the weeks leading up to it saying to Dan, I'm I'm going to be on that Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> Him going, no, and me saying, yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I think I'm going to. And then in the end, they were told, you can't have your cameras on. So I was like, look, come on, you have to let me sit and see Hilary. So I didn't sit there for the whole time, but I sat and, and got to see Hugh Laurie in front of his um, rowing oars like in his garage or something that he was sitting in. And and I can still, it, the thrill of that is amazing. So you see, if I hadn't got married, if I'd held out, I probably wouldn't have had that experience. So Yeah, and what an experience it what was. An experience. <laughs> for me, it was. You know what I find um, is different? these days about crushes so when I was younger it felt like I had no choice <gasps> yes in my crushes but now as a single woman of my age I like how your voice is going single woman as you say of my age. and you know obviously I have um I'm, I'm right in the in the thick of um child rearing and and mums and dads and couples or whatever like no crush ever ever happens with like a any of the dads like they are the most I always think like dads that I know from the school a sort of like your best mate's boyfriend yeah like the most asexual <laughs> beings <laughs> that have no sexiness no pheromones nothing whatsoever because I think I'm just quite like it would yeah, so that that's so not where the crush is. That's interesting because I always think a dad at the school gates automatically increases his uh, sexual allure. Because you're married. Yes, and no, I, I was going to, yeah. I will totally, totally I'm, go I'm with that. I'm so conscious true. of, like, as as the single one, like, never anyone going, oh my God, did you see Seeing how long what she's, she's doing? Yeah. yeah she's I'm, trying to yeah. get claws into him. Yeah. I unbearable. never got over the fact when I first started stand up in the 90s, very, very early on, I got a phone call. 
from someone I knew saying, just to let you know, some of the other um, comics, female comics on the circuit, have said that you're a bit of a drunken slut. What? I know. And um, that you turn up to gigs, you drink and you flirt with the guys. And that's what the girls are saying. I was so wounded by that. For, oh, my God. First of all, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't no. doing that. I was just trying to be a professional comic. And it really, really stayed with me. I kind of got... It sort of gave me this paranoia. Yeah, of, of course. To, I didn't talk to a guy again until, like, a comic I married. <laughs> the next comic I to talked marry. to, I married. Oh, oh well. To, to, save, marry him. to save my honour, I married him. <laughs> Um, was he a man who would fight for your <laughs> honour? Well, we're not together anymore. <laughs> so Because um, he didn't fight he didn't for your honour enough. No. That's how all marriages end, Shappy. Well, they don't fight for your yes, honour. Yes, what else is there <laughs> for a woman? So with your, with your celebrity crushes, yeah. I suppose it's a bit weird because we've been talking about how... Bradley Walsh. Bradley Walsh is the new one you're throwing in. Come on, then. Ah, he's lovely. From which era? Now. Now? Yeah, now. Okay, so my celebrity, um, Bradley Walsh, because he's just so brilliantly old school and really smart and really every time I've done... um, programs that he's hosted he's just been terribly nice and uh the the god he is employed i'm afraid yeah he's very he is employed. employed that is problematic <laughs> but the god of all celebrity crushes that i have is john snow <laughs> oh john snow and you're not talking about the fictional character from game of thrones no i, I'm not. I can see in your eyes that i mean, you mean the, 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 the journalist and elderly. His <laughs> wife is my age, you know. Oh, really? And, yes, that doesn't married. mean he's not elderly, mate. Well, yes. <laughs> uh, you're only as young as the woman you feel. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work the other way around, does it? <laughs> the old man. Well, actually, yeah, maybe if you go with an elderly man, so you end up I, being elderly. I've always loved him. So I love him because my brother years ago did a journalism course and he... Um, called he, he'd written to Jon Snow and asked if he could get his advice about being a journalist and so uh, this is landline years and I was at home and I picked up my parents landline hello can I speak to Payvan please this is Jon Snow calling and I was like ah, he's just popped to the shops can I panic panic I thought how nice of him to actually call yeah then um I was at the Hay Festival and we bumped into him and he said to my son who was about three at the time I'm Mr Snow and I was like, oh, my God, he's so good with kids. We must marry now. Uh, did you have a crush on him before he rang your brother? No. No. So it was, but was it that moment that everything, everything transformed? Changed. It's so weird, isn't it? Because that is just a man with a, uh, definitely has a nice voice, but yeah. a man with a nice voice ma- making some effort, <laughs> you know, do, going out of his way to it's do something nice. nice. God, how low is my self-esteem? <laughs> Someone's not even nice to me, but nice to my brother, and I want to drop my pants for them. Yeah. But it is funny, again, but that's one of those sort of snap moments. that yeah. It's like when you have dreams about... I don't know if you've ever had this, a dream about someone completely unlikely, like a, a chuckle brother. That isn't one of mine, honestly. Yeah. But you sort of wake up, and then suddenly, not only do you fancy them, but you feel like you are connected for life somehow, <gasps> because they appeared in your unconscious. I mean, that's, you know what? that's so there mad. Is, there is a family member of mine by marriage that I had a dream about recently that was so filthy, so revolting, like neither of us could get enough, that I still can't be normal with her. And she doesn't know why. 
I can't tell her about my dream. You can't really, can you? It was like I saw everything. <laughs> we just went for it. And it was deep. It was deep love. And it was a big deal. It's fully... It's so intense. And then, like, she sent me a message about what, what we're doing for Christmas. And did you feel like she was trying to say something else? I was like, oh, I can't talk to you for another year. It's too hot. It was just so bizarre. Those dreams, they are very powerful. There's nothing you can do about them. No. I mean, I think you're safer with a phone call from Jon Snow, probably. So what's the most intense crush you've ever had? <laughs> Is that... It, that was that. When in lockdown, in a certain light, the dog looked really <laughs> hot. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Phil Wang's special? No. He talks about how he when, he, when he you're on Tinder. Dog? No, but he does say that he said, "Have you ever swiped right on a group photo?" <laughs> and then he's like, oh, "There was a dog in that one. It's fine. It's fine. If it turns out to be the dog, it's fine." <laughs> it's very weird on Tinder when people um, do a group yeah, shot. It's, it's like, "Well, nuts. which one are you?" Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's always the one that's, like, the least hot as well. So why are you putting... Well, well because of that, Shappy, mm. come on. You're sort of yeah. trying to even out your chances. So what what would you say is your most intense crush? What's the one that comes to mind when I say, who's your crush? My most intense um, crush would have been a boy... Um, when I was a kid that I was so in love with and I fell in love with him because um, my brother and I went strawberry picking with his family and my brother was squabbling with me and this boy stepped in and said, Hey, she's only little. He fought for your honour. He fought for my honour. And then he told me, he was maybe three years older than me, I would have been seven, he would have been ten. He told me that the first thing he's going to do when he grows up is buy a tiger. <laughs> and I used to write this boy's name down, like I used to write all the letters on top of each other because I was terrified someone would see that I'd written his name. So I'd just write all... And I'd go, oh, I love him, I love him, and I'd say his name and I'd write it down. Can you tell us his name? Um, his name is Mehran. M E H. R-A-N. Yeah. And what's his surname? Or do you not I want to say that? All right, we'll, do, we'll yeah. do first names. Mehran, I absolutely um, adored him, adored him, adored him. And it went on for years. And, and our family and his family were friends. And he had little freckles. And um, I'm now Facebook friends with him. Oh, really? Which has ruined the magic. Yeah, yeah. He's changed his name for that. a start. He's really anglicised it. I think it's Michael now or something. Oh, no. And he's sort of, yeah. But you can always go back to that. That is the good thing with crushes, is they are sort of held in time, I think. Yeah. You have that you have that He'll moment He'll always be that 10-year-old boy that wanted to get a tiger. Yeah. So I'm going to do the very methodical scientific method... Oh, amazing! Uh, ..to find out if you should be with <clears throat> Mehran. Um, oh, my God, this is one of these insane times. There are no L's, there are no O's, there are no V's... Maybe I should do your surname as well. Should I do your surname as well? Okay. Call Sandy. Oh, actually, can you do it? Yeah, and then I you write down this game. his name. Yep. Do you remember the, okay, the game? Okay, I do remember this. I do remember this game. As if I haven't done this game a million times. Exactly. Before. Do you still do it now? Um, I'm going to start now. I want to do it with this comic I'm in love with. Okay. Yeah, because I remember doing it at university, starting up again. Obviously, having not done it 
for oh years my God, and years. I, I'm going to teach my feeling um, like it meant something. I'm going to teach my daughter this. Yeah, she'll love it. If you're prone to crushes, okay, course Sandy. So no L's, <laughs> no zeros. Ah, oh, one V. We have one V. <gasps> we have one, we have one E. We have one two S's. I'm trying to work out whether. Uh, is... So it's uh, one plus one is two, one plus two is three, and twenty three percent. Oh no! Likely. I'm so sorry. But listen, oh. he went all anglicised, didn't he? And he never got a tiger. He never got a tiger. Got That's a, a tiger. very disappointing. I mean, maybe on your date, your forthcoming date, you could ask whether they have any plans to buy a tiger. Yeah. As a... They used to sell them in Harrods. Do you know that? I did know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a sad, sad indictment of our time that you can know. <laughs> That's where I met him. <laughs> we were two little kids in the Harrods pet shop. <laughs> what a lovely image. I think I'm going to leave it there. Thank you very much. You've been amazing. My pleasure. Edit everything out. Thank you. <laughs> Edit everything out. Thank you. Shabrak or Sandy. <laughs> by Margaret Caborn-Smith was hosted by Margaret Caborn-Smith and produced by Sophie Black. Thanks to everyone at the amazing TVC Soho. And if you enjoy the podcast, please remember to like and subscribe as it helps people find where we are. 